All right, so today we're doing Celebration Sunday like we do normally where we look back at a whole year worth of happenings and we just thank God and celebrate what He has done in and through us. And so get ready because we're going to look at some amazing things that went down in 2019. I've been a part of this church now for about a year. 20th December was my anniversary in the previous... <laughs> yeah, come on. And, but this church was started 20 years ago by people who set out to reach people and build lives. And that's what has been happening. And it's just amazing to be a part of this journey. In 2019, we started off by saying that 2019 can be the best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. If you will pursue God like you've never done before, if you will take steps in following Him and knowing Him, then it can be your best year. And Man, 2019 has been a busy year. Things have happened. There was good things that happened. There was challenging things that happened. But you know what? God is on the throne and He's leading us forward. And I, I know that whatever bad has happened, God is working in our waiting. Even when we don't see it, He's working. And He's working those things. And he's, He'll turn it around for good. Amen. So we're going to celebrate today what, what, he, what he did in our lives and what he, what he was able to do through our church. And we're going to look forward into 2020 um, with the faith that we get from just the amazing things that God has done in 2019. And we set out in 2019 with this amazing plan to lead people on a spiritual journey where they will get to know God, they will find freedom, start discovering their purpose, and start making a difference, right? Come on. And I don't know who thought up that plan, but it's brilliant. It's just, it's amazing. And, um, you know, it's so good. We're just going to do it again this year. Do, do you agree? Yeah. All right, so we'll do it again this year. We're going we're gonna to help people to do what? To know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and to make a difference. And as we do that together, we'll grow in our personal relationships with God, and we'll help the kingdom of God grow. Amen. And so it's, it's amazing just to see what God can do through a house that is unified around a plan to make a difference in a community. And so we want to start today off by, reaching, by reading Ephesians 1 verse 16. And we're going to preach from that a couple of verses. The first verse there, verse 16 says, I ask the God of our master Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing Him personally. You know what? We are just passionate about people stepping into personal relationships with Jesus. It's one thing to fill the seats of a church. It's an entirely different thing and a better thing to fill people's hearts with Jesus. Amen? Our desire is that each and every one of you will have a heart full of God. We'll have a heart that is passionate about connecting with God in newer and fresher ways every day and getting to know God better every day. Know God is a journey that starts by you making a decision to submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus, Jesus Christ, where Jesus becomes your leader and He starts calling the shots over your life. You no longer dictate how you will live your life and where you will lead your life to. You start following Jesus in where He wants your life to go. And you start living your life for His purposes and no longer for your own selfish desires. That journey leads to you connecting with God through 
getting to knowing about him, getting to know about his church and his people. And the more you know about him, the closer you grow into a trust relationship with God that allows you to live a life of obedience. All of these things lead you to a place of freedom. Freedom that allows you to distract from other things and focus, that helps you to realize who you are truly created in Him to be. And when you're there, you're able to be powerful. You're able to make an influence, have an influence in your surrounding. And that is why it's so important for us to first and foremost get to know God. You know, 64% of Americans claim to know God. However, I wonder if they're talking about the same thing we're talking about. I wonder if, if, if 64% of Americans really knew God and had a passionate relationship with God, whether we would see some of the brokenness in our homes that we see, whether we would see some of the breakdown in our society that we see. I wonder if, if that many people really passionately followed, if that many men really passionately followed Jesus and built a relationship with Jesus Christ like that, whether there would be the same societal results we currently see. Fatherless families, people who are going through difficulties in, in their marriages. And I bet that if, if this was true, it would look different. And that's why this point isn't something to be skimmed over. It's a, it's, it's a reality that we're facing that we have to come to terms with because statistics show that if a father of a house passionately follows Jesus, 90% of the time the whole family will do it. And so men... God wants you to know Him. God does not just want you to know of Him. He wants you to know Him personally. And you know what? He doesn't even want you to just know Him personally. He wants you to know Him passionately and intimately. And sometimes we take that word intimacy and we think that, hey, maybe that's not just you know, a word that's really applicable you know, in a religious setting. But the reality is that we serve an intimate God. We would not have the capacity for intimacy if we did not serve a creator who was himself intimate. And so it doesn't matter if you're a man and relating to a father figure doesn't equate your understanding, you know, when we use the word intimacy. The reality is, if you can imagine a relationship between a son and a father, where you're the son and your father is affirming to you, your father stands next to you, coaches you, teaches you. He encourages you. He's there when you fall. He picks you up, dusts you off, and says, you can do that. I believe in you. If you can imagine a relationship where a father would stand in, in front of you, take the pain, and it gives you a gap to run through. If you can imagine a relationship where a father just does everything in his power to protect you, but to encourage you, to celebrate you. And to give you a platform from which you can go off and have a success. And that is the type of intimacy that God wants with you. If you can imagine a relationship with a father where you can tell him anything. Nothing shames him when you tell him that. When, when you tell him about your mistakes, he goes, I know you. I know you beyond your mistakes. I believe more about you than what you can ever tell me you did wrong. If you can imagine a father relationship like that, that is the type of intimate relationship that God wants with each and every one of us men. And if you can stand, if you have a relationship like that, you can stand before any man with no shame and no guilt. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter if things around you fall apart. 
You do not take on any shame because your Father covers you. You do not take on any guilt because He has paid for that on your behalf. You can stand secure. And when you are secure, nothing in your home feels insecure. Think about this. That's the type of relationship that God wants for every man to have with Him. And you don't, you don't when, when something in your house goes wrong, you don't feel, oh my goodness, I have to control this, I have to cover it up, I have to... No, you can deal with it appropriately because you are secure, you're forgiven, you, God is proud of you and you know it. That is amazing. That's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with Him. And that counts for every person here today. God wants you to know that He loves you. He's proud of you. And He covers every bit of shame that there might be in your life and He removes all guilt from you. God wants that kind of relationship with each and every one of us, you know? That kind of relationship produces fruit in our lives. Sometimes we struggle to produce the fruit of Christianity because we do not connect with the source of the fruit of Christianity, which is our Father relationship. God wants you to be in such a relationship with Him because that produces the fruit that you need. Look, the Bible says in Genesis 4:1, Adam knew his wife and she conceived. Their intimacy led to fruitfulness. And by the way, that word um, in the Greek is ginosko, I think. But here's what it means. It, here's what it means. That's more important than how it's pronounced, okay? Um, because, you know, I'm working on my American accent. But it, you know, it, takes, it takes time for the Africa to get, you know, kind of... Oh, who was that? I love you. <laughs> Here's what that word means. It means to be intimate with, to understand, and to become known. Think about being intimate with God, to understand God, our relationship with Him. And here's the best part, to be known. Like Pastor Josh always says, God knows the most about you and still loves you the most of anybody. Wow. Everybody just went, whew. <laughs> Yeah, we feel that. He knows the most about us. He knows everything about us. And yet, He still loves us. He still loves us. Being known and realizing that I am known and yet loved and accepted just gives the most security, doesn't it? And when we, when we live in that kind of a relationship, we receive grace upon grace. And when you receive grace upon grace, you're able to give grace upon grace. You're able to love because you've received it. You cannot give what you do not have to give. And if we constantly are um, affirmed and acknowledged by God in this relationship, then we give out of the abundance, we give out of the overflow, we give out of the experience of being accepted and being loved. And it's not something that I have to conjure up, it's something that comes naturally because that's what I'm receiving. That's why God wants us to know Him personally, passionately, and intimately. 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. There's this amazing thing about, um, you know, uh, conclusions that gets 
reach from Reformed theology, and that is that literally everything we have is the grace of God. Everything I am is the grace of God. There's the saying that I was created in Him, by Him, and for Him. My life will never make sense outside of Him because I am a part that needs to be included in Him. On my own, I have no purpose. I have no understanding. I do not make sense. But in Him, I make sense. In Him, you will make sense. Life will make sense. Not saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to make sense. That's what we get by being included in God. And that's why knowing God is so important. And that's why we make such great effort to try and create environments where people can connect with God. That's why you know every single time when you, when you invite somebody to come into this environment, it's going to be life-giving, encouraging, and an opportunity to connect with the life-giver. Because we're passionate about introduce, be, introducing people to this relationship with God that we ourselves appreciate and love so much to walk in ourselves. We live in grace, and that's why we have grace. And um, this is so important because, unfortunately, life gives people so many good reasons to not choose for God. You know, one person said that there are five Gospels. It's the four written in the Bible, and then it's the Christian and you know what? Most people who are not in church will first read the fifth gospel before they read the four that is in text. That means they're going to read you. And they're going to want to see, does it make sense? You claim that you know God. Does it show? Does it work? Most people will just want to know, does it work for you? And if we know God personally and intimately, it'll work for us. Because God works on our behalf. He makes things happen that we can never do on ourselves. You know what's great, though, is that in 2019, we had over 1,500 people put up their hands to either be born again or to recommit their lives to Jesus. Can we give God glory and honor for that? That means 1,500 decisions People said, I am stepping towards God. I am making a decision to get into the knowledge of God and getting to know God better. That is, that is incredible. God is on the move and there is just so many things to celebrate. We have over 1,200 people currently on average visiting across our three campuses at our churches. And that is just the work of God. And, and here's an amazing stat. We had over 100 people getting baptized this year alone. You know what that says? It says that people started knowing God. Because if you become intimate in your relationship with God, it becomes more easy to obey Him. You follow Him because you trust Him. If you know somebody, you learn to trust them. And when He says, hey, when you've made a, de de a declaration of your faith, you need to follow it up by publicly going through baptism. And when people do that, it shows their obedience. It shows they're acting on their trust that they put in Jesus. They're obeying God's way of doing things. And that means God is, is, people are growing to know God better. Um, like we said, the, the objective is not to get people in chairs, but it's to get Jesus on the chair of our hearts, the throne of our hearts. And we want to submit more and more to His leadership in our lives because we know where He leads is always leading to life. He will never lead us to death. He leads to life. 
And it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter where you fell. It doesn't matter what you went through. If in that moment you reach out, you grab Jesus' hand, and you take the steps forward to just do as he tells you, it leads back to life every single time. How many of you have experienced that? And so knowing God is an absolute priority for us, and it's why we create opportunities like this to where people can experience His goodness and experiencing that heart of God's Father, Father heart, His fatherhood, that we, we will encourage people to say yes to Him, connect with Him. It's worthwhile. The second thing that we did was this year we, we guided people through, through processes of finding freedom from things. And some of it was informal, some of it was formal, and, but most of it happened in and through life group situations, life group scenarios. And guess what? We had, we had 131 life group communities happening across our campuses this year. Isn't that something? Let me tell you why that's significant. It's because people get free in life groups. They get free from fears. They get free from relational issues. They get free from addictions. They get free from so many things by this community who loves on each other and serves each other. You know the best thing pastors can do for a church is to raise up life group leaders. Think about this. How many pastors do you have in this church? All right. A couple, right? How many pastoral environments do we have in this church? Well, this year we had 131 places where people could be cared for, where people could find life-giving relationships, people could find wise counsel, people could find people who were willing to pray with them, willing to put their faith with them, and trust for God's promises to come true in their lives. That's the best thing we can do for this church, is raising up people who will help serve and pastor our people. And this year, God allowed us to make so, so much progress in, in raising up life group leaders. And I want to thank every life group leader this, this, this year who, who stepped up and made themselves available to just create environments where people can come together to be cared for, where people can come together to grow in their knowledge of God, and people can come together to break free from things. Some of our formal processes is our Freedom Life Group semester. How many people went through Freedom this semester? Come on, let me tell you exactly how many went through. We had 345 people across our campuses go through Freedom this semester. Can we give God praise for that? Freedom is one of those processes that take you through study of Scripture to remind you of your true identity in Jesus Christ. Because when you start knowing who you really are, you realize what don't belong on you. When you realize that you're a son of God, you realize that this alcohol abuse, it doesn't fit me anymore. When you realize who you are, this, this spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness... It doesn't fit me. It doesn't fit with me. I'm a child of God. This anger and this, this, this it doesn't fit with me. And, you, and you, because you know and suddenly realize who you are, you realize, man, this doesn't belong on me. This is not who I am any longer. I can put this aside. I can leave this be. I do not associate any longer with that. This addiction, man, this isn't who I am. I can let that go because I have come into the knowledge of who I truly am in Jesus Christ. 
And this amazing process of learning to understand how to think as Christians, and how, to re, how, to, how to align our thinking with what Scripture says about us, and how to lay down and, 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 and um, um, uh, reject things from our past that used to define us happens in our Freedom Life groups. And this year, more than 300 and almost 350 people went through that process where they could lay things down and where they could start walking in who they truly are. That's freedom. It's not just to do what we want. No, no, no. It's to become who we truly are. It's to live like who we really have been made to be by the Spirit of God. He created us, recreated us to be born again in His image, and that enables us to live like like the Bible says. He has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everything you need to live a godly life lives on the inside of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can walk that out if you will learn to think like who you truly are. And that's the powerful thing about freedom is it teaches you how to think like that, how to speak about yourself like that, how to, and then how to conduct yourself like that. But it comes again from a knowledge of who God is. Because, because of who He is, we know who we are, right? That's the true biblical worldview is I am because He is. I find my everything out of knowing who He is. Because I know who He is, I make sense. And this is just, Amazing to me to know that this year our life groups have created so many stories of life exchange that led to life change. One of our stories from one of our life groups was um, uh, life group leaders sharing uh, that at first they were concerned because their life group was made up of people that ranged from over 60s to just, you know, just about in their 20s. And they were like, man, how is this going to work? And in the end they realized that, hey, every generation can learn from each other, draw from each other, and find life in each other. And they had the most glorious life group semester because they valued what each generation brought to bring care and bring wisdom and bring life to each other. And so life groups are just this amazing environment where if you would share yourself with people, you would also regain life from it. Like the Bible says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. But it takes for you to actually step into that thing. So just what can you do for 2020? What is a a step that you can take for 2020? It's real easy. Come February, we'll be launching our life groups, and you have an opportunity to just say, yes, I'm going to be a part of the life group. I'm going to get to know a couple of people around me a little better so that I can start sharing myself, who I am, and they can do the same, and we can get this amazing experience of life exchange that helps us to overcome, helps us to become free of things that we're struggling through and with. Amen? Take that step this semester, this year. Join a life group. We have three semesters of life groups. They start and they stop. You don't have to join a life group for life. It's not for life. It is for life. Okay? So, there's a couple of life group things that are going to come in this new year that we're trusting God to do. First and foremost, again, we're going to have many freedom life groups. If you haven't done freedom, it's an important part of your spiritual um, development to think in the way that Christians ought to think about themselves and start living like that, knowing what does not belong with you and really, really settle that identity so that you can be free. Second is we're going to start some foundational studies. We want our people to have a firm foundation. Bible says we can't lay another foundation other than the one that's been laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure that everybody understands what 
the foundation of Jesus Christ means for my life spiritually. We're called to reach people and build lives. And a wise builder builds on a proper foundation. Am I right? That proper foundation is understanding the truths, the essential truths about Christianity. What does it mean to be saved? And what does it mean to walk as a Christian? And we're going to start some life groups on that. And then we want to do some financial life groups. Part of this foundation is understanding how to live my life financially with God. And so look out for those things. Um, There's going to be a rally on the 18th of January for everybody who would like to be trained on how to create one of these little environments where life exchange can happen. And we're looking forward to many of you signing up to do that. The third thing we did this year that was amazing was we helped people discover their purpose. Man, and this is so important because God had a reason why He had you born in this century. Think about it. I could have been a Viking. (laughs) I would have loved it, I think. Um, But now I'm here. And so I have to kind of make do with this. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love being here. I found out why I needed to be here, at least to a a generous extent. And, And I'm discovering more. I am walking into more, but I've started. What I've realized, I've started using. And that's the same for every single person here. God placed you not only in this century, He placed you in this country, He placed you in this city, and He placed you right here today in this church. And you know what? There's a reason why He did that. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you, and He wants you to live that. He He wants you to offer it to Him, service of His purposes. You know what? As children of God, like I said, You don't make sense outside of Jesus. That means your purpose is not outside of Jesus. Our purpose is connected first and foremost with God's purposes. He has called each and every one of us to make a difference, to make disciples. He has called each and every one of us to help serve people, to love people, to extend His purposes on earth. That is your first calling as a Christian. And, 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 and guess what? We started this thing called Next Step. And Next Step is a small, quick process, but it's powerful because why? Here's why. It helps you discover who you are because when you realize who you are, you'll know how you're supposed to help. And when you start helping, when you start benefiting people around you, that's when your purpose really starts where the rubber hits the road. In fact, you're not walking in your purpose fully until people stop benefiting from your presence. How you're serving people around you is how you're walking in your purpose. And that's why it's important for us to discover who we are. And so at Next Step, we, we go through a, a process of discovering who this church is and what our vision and calling is so that you'll know what you're joining. And secondly, we look at who you are and what you've been blessed with, what gifts and talents you've been given So that you can start understanding, okay, if I use these in service of other people, that's how I make a difference. That's how I live out my purpose. And that's how I make it possible for other people to also experience this amazing relationship of God that I have received. It's all about us um, helping other people to receive the same privilege and benefit that we have. Isn't it? Isn't it? An amazing thought that what you have, you're able to actually pass on to other people. You're actually able to do that through, through actually serving. 
And so in Ephesians 1, verse uh, 16 to 19, it says this, I ask the God of our master, this is the prayer, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, first and foremost, so that your eyes can be focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. God wants you to know him. So what steps can you take this year to get to know him better? I was thinking, maybe I can, maybe I can set my alarm 15 minutes earlier. I can have my Bible on my nightstand, not underneath everything, but every night before I go to bed, put it on top. Little practical things to take away the obstacles of taking up that word and spending that little bit more time every day with Jesus. God wants us to spend time with Him personally and corporately. How can I switch around my, am I able to switch around my schedule a little so that I'm available on Sundays to corporately worship? You know, we've, we've, we've started an evening service just for people who are unable to worship in the mornings. And by the way, we don't have one tonight. We'll start again the fifth, just FYI. But there are so many opportunities to come to worship. Can you plan a little so that you're able to come and worship corporately? What can you do? What steps can you take to connect with Jesus this year in small ways? If you do a lot of small things, at the end of the day, it adds up to a whole lot you don't have to start with a five-hour study of Genesis or Revelation, for that matter. <laughs> you can start with 15 minutes of John. And by the way, we're going to have a prayer and fasting time. I'm just doing announcements right now. Um, but it's just opportunities where you can connect with Jesus. We're going to read through the book of John in the beginning of next year. And then we can continue with that, that way of doing it. And then if you start getting to know Jesus better, you start, you start get walking in more freedom because you realize more who you are. And as you do that, you realize, man, this is what I'm meant to do. This is how I'm meant to help. This is how I'm meant to add. And you start, you start discovering who you are to bring you to the place where you can, you can start making a difference. You can start having influence. You can help other people to get through things that they're stuck in. You can invite people into environments where they can get to know Jesus themselves personally. You don't even have to do it all. You have a village that helps with that. And by including people in this, you're, you're giving people opportunity to connect with life. And connect with life-giving people. Romans 12, 6 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. The operative word there being each of us. Each of us has been given graces with which we can serve people around us. You have, everybody has something to give. Some of you are good leaders. Some of you are good singers. Some of you are good carers, teachers. Some of you are great business people with uh, strategic minds that can help think through things of the future. We need every gift we can get to transform a community. Everybody has a role to play in changing our region for Jesus. How many of you know there's a lot of the kingdom that needs to come in our region? There's many, many, many things that we stand up, but, but we serve a God who is greater than all of that. He who lives on the inside of us is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? Yeah. Amen, amen. Hey, guess what? This year, we had 215 people go through Next Step. 
Come on, let's praise God for that. That means 215 people who took a step to discover how they can help, how they should take part, how they should make a difference. And it's just so exciting to know that in January 5th, we start a whole new year cycle of allowing people to step into their purpose. And we want to invite you to come and, and, and join us with that. That's the next step you can take in, in discovering your purpose. Now listen to this last one. Ephesians 1.16, ends up by, verse 19, ends up by saying, so we can see exactly what He's calling us to do and grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life He has for His followers. You know, the people who are the happiest in life are the people who are the most thankful for what they have in life. I think part of the underlying reason um, why there is such, such mental challenges in our generation is because people are living in a constant state of, I did not get what I wanted. It's not the whole thing, but it's a very big part of it. It's time for us to flip that around and to realize what we have. The very breath we've received is a grace gift from God. The very ability I have to go and perform a job is a grace gift from God. And if I will start by realizing what I do have and be thankful for it, all of a sudden I hit solid ground from where I can start kicking up and building up. Thanksgiving strips away entitlement, and it actually brings contentment. The Bible says godliness with contentment is gain, is gain. You grow by realizing and being thankful for what you have. And, and, and when you realize who you are and what you have, you start realizing, I too have something to give. And, and you know, the joy of giving is greater than the joy of receiving, the joy of realizing I've helped somebody far outweighs the joy of being helped. Come on. So, so I know it's nice to go to the beach. It's fun. But it doesn't give lasting joy. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing that, that Pastor Josh asked me to say. It, it, it's not me. I don't even know if I agree with this. Um, you know, it's like, but, but I'm just going to go bus. And um, it's fun to watch an Alice, you are a saint's game, but it doesn't bring lasting joy. <laughs> well, that, that counts for Cowboys too, okay? <laughs> like I said, um, I, don't know, I don't know if I will believe that up to the point of stoning. Um, <laughs> But no, it's actually true. I think I'll just go with it. It's actually true. True joy doesn't come from things that happen. It comes from my life being significant. It comes from me realizing I carry significance. I matter. That's where true joy comes from. And you realize more and more how much you matter the more and more you help people. The more and more people benefit from your presence. And so that's why we want you to be a part of the things that gets organized, the things that gets done, the things where we serve. Like this, this year, we have almost 400 people serving on our dream teams. And our dream team is the people who give themselves so that everything of this is possible. 
They're the ones who lead the outreaches. To, I mean, this year we had outreaches to bless our single moms, to, to widows and teachers and school faculty, to veterans. We blessed orphans this week. We helped start churches this year. All because of people who are willing to give of themselves. Will you join us this year and give a little bit of you to benefit us? We want to ask you to join up with us. And don't stand on the sidelines. Jump on in. It's far nicer to be a part of the game than to sit on the stand. You actually have an opportunity to influence the outcome. Shouting from the stand just influences your vocal cords. <laughs> this year, we had over 4,500 people come to our egg drop community project. We were just blessed people to have a fun day on the church. We were able to just this last week, go to the most amazing servant-hearted people who didn't get to spend Christmas Eve at home. And we took them a whole bunch of treats. We prayed with them. We thanked them for serving our community. And that's all because God has blessed us. And from the overflow, we give to other people. Can we glorify God and thank Him? Lord, you have given us so, so much. I would like us all to stand today. 2020 is going to be an amazing year because we're all going to take steps together to know God, find freedom, discover who we are, and make a difference, to have an influence where we are. And I want to encourage you, if you will take steps towards knowing Him more, people will read you and they will know God. They will get to know God. And for that, I mean, that is just the most important first step that each and every one of us can take. Look, if you're here and you haven't given your life over to Jesus Christ to follow Him, the people around you have made a decision. The first decision, the first step was to admit that they were sinners. And I did the same. And believe the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross that was a payment for the payment that we were supposed to make. And that through confessing that we believe in Him and that we receive Him as our Lord, He has made us alive on the inside to have a relationship with Him. And there's nothing that the people around you and I want more than for you to also experience the awesome, life-giving, affirming, comforting relationship of a father that deeply, deeply loves and values you. And so today, if you want to make that step, if you realize that you need to connect to God and you want to submit your life to Him and make Him your Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So if you'll just indicate to me right now, I want to submit my life to Jesus. I need to step into this relationship with God. We can pray together. We can pray together. Let's all pray. Let's all close our eyes and pray. Right there where you are, if you need to make this commitment to God, you would like to be included in this prayer, just shoot your hand up real quick. Say, I want to connect with Jesus this year. I see that hand. Thank you.
wave your hand at me if I haven't acknowledged you yet. I want to pray with you. It's an important decision. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anybody else? This is your year where you step into a relationship with God. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, sir. Anybody else before we pray? Thank you, ma'am. I see that hand in the back. Four precious lives deciding to connect with God. If you raised your hand, I would like to lead you in a prayer that you pray to God. You say these words. You acknowledge this before Him today. And the Bible says if you do, a miracle will take place on the inside of your heart. and You will become alive in Him. And you will have started this relationship with Him. Can we all pray together with them to support them? If you raised your hand, pray this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. And I believe on the cross. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. And you died for it. You paid the penalty that I'm supposed to pay. So that I do not have to. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I trust you in Jesus' name.